All right, good morning. Woo, loud. Good morning, good morning. My name is Michael Fueling. I'm the lead pastor here. In most weeks, I would get up and preach. This morning, though, I will not be preaching. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Just kidding. Well, we are, um, we do a thing at Village Church. Every few months, we do a series called Go Deep, and it's a three-week series on a specific topic, and our tagline is, deep is what you do. If you know all about prayer, and you don't do it, are you deep? Answer, no. If you know all about Bible study and hermeneutics and blah, 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 and all those big words, and you don't do it, are you deep? And the answer is no. And so what we want to do is equip and inspire you to be able to do um, these things. So what we're doing is a three-week series called Going Deeper in Prayer. And uh, basically, this is, I want to tell you who this series is for. Uh, Let's say you are a new Christian or Um, you have been a Christian for a while, but no one has ever taught you how to pray, which we find this all the time. This is a great opportunity for you to take three weeks and follow your Go Deep prayer manual, and it will help you learn how to actually pray. What do you say when you talk to God? What is prayer? What is it not? And this manual goes uh, along with Uh, three sermons. This morning is the first one in the next two weeks. And so I want to ask you to do me a favor right now. Will you take out your Going Deep in Prayer sermon manual? Turn with me to page four. And what you'll see is that the manual is going to go off of what's called an acronym called ACTS, A-C-T-S. I'm not going to read through all that. You can uh, read for most part, for the most part. And so I want you to just look through that. But page five in here is your sermon notes. And I want you to take notes in there. And this is where all your sermon notes will be. Now, the second group of people this will be for is maybe you've been a follower of Jesus and you have been praying uh, your whole life until recently. Maybe the last month, year, couple years, you have stopped praying. And our desire is that this series would inspire you to to get back into a daily habit of prayer, um, and that is our deepest desire for you, is that you would pray daily and you would know how to pray because of this. Thirdly, let's say you are deep. You pray. You pray daily. You see God's face. You enjoy God. Prayer changes you. You see things happen in prayer in your life. I want to just I want you to imagine that you're that person, and somebody comes up to you, and they, they say this, I just trusted in Jesus. Will you teach me how to pray? Well, what will you use? What will you do? This is a three-week, we'll call it guide, that you can do with somebody and teach them how to pray. So if you are making a disciple, which if you're a follower of Jesus, should you be making disciples? Answer is yes, because deep disciples make deep disciples. Um, Deep is what you do. And so take this and use this as a three-week training with people who are new believers to teach them how to pray. And so that's the long and short of it. I want to encourage you guys to keep these. I want to encourage you to take the next three weeks and go deeper in prayer. With that, I want to invite Manny to come on up. Um, Manny Mill is going to be sharing with us this morning, and I could not think of a better person to inspire us and equip us to launch this three-week series off on prayer. Um, Manny loves to hug and kiss, so just FYI, be forewarned. And uh, But uh, Manny is the president and CEO of Koinonia House Ministries. He'll explain all that to you, or you can catch him in the back. Um, Most importantly, uh, he is a follower of Jesus Christ who loves to pray, and God has taught him how to pray, and is still teaching him, training him. And God has used him to equip and to inspire many, many people to pray. And so when we talk about this first series, Why Christians Must Pray, I mean, who better to have than Manny Mill? And uh, so um, what I want to do is just tell you two things. Number one, Manny wrote a book, which is going to be in the back. And boom, you see that coming, Manny? Wow. 
Mm, like a cowboy. Yeah. Ah, be careful now. It's called Radical oh, Redemption. <laughs> and uh, this is Manny's story of how he came to Jesus Christ and God pulled him out of the pit, out of jail, and saved him. Uh, very, very cool story. He has another book coming out October 6th on prayer. And uh, I encourage you to check that out because Manny's passion is prayer. Um, he firmly believes that uh, he cannot go into a prison and share the gospel of Jesus Christ if he is not thoroughly bathed in prayer because who saves, Manny or God? God. God. And we want to see God move heaven and earth. So uh, what I want to do is pray for Manny, and then I'm going to give him the microphone, and he'll open up God's word. Father, love you. I know I speak for Manny when I say we have nothing to give that we have not first received. Lord, there is no equipping um, that we give that has not come from you first if it is true and helpful and good and right. Lord, there is no inspiration um, that we can give that ultimately, if it is not fed by the Holy Spirit, means really anything. And so, God, we as feeble men, lost without you, having nothing to give except that which you've already given us, would you be a conduit through Manny? Would you use him so that his words inspire and equip, but not necessarily just his power, but your Holy Spirit through him, which comes into us? And so, Father, I pray that um, as a result of this sermon, we would be compelled to pray, that we could not go home and not pray because the ramifications of not are far too great. And so, Lord, our desire is that you would do a work that only you can do. The heart is your jurisdiction. And so right now, um, even though we don't know how to fully submit that to you, God, I pray you would do what only you can do in our hearts. We pray this and we thank you in Jesus' name. All God's people said, thank you. Amen. Love you. Amen. Hey, every time Manny says hallelujah, hallelujah. Try, try this. Say hallelujah back. Manny, go for it. Hallelujah. Okay. Now we got it. Now you're going to stay awake. By the way, great, great booklet that the team here put together. What a great team you have here. It's a championship team. Uh, thank God for Heather, who is doing my slides today. Thank you, Brian, who is qualified for what he gave me my first necklace, Barbara. <laughs> and it's a microphone. You should have seen what he did back there. He won't do it publicly, but he might do it afterwards. But... Uh, <laughs> So uh, my wife is here. One of my boys are here. Pat Savaggio is uh, here. You are, you are here. Friends are here. I feel like at home here. This is family to me. I feel very, very, very comfortable here. Very much uh, loved by you. So I want to thank you again for blessing me, actually, and allowing me to speak on the most important subject there is, prayer. Um, I want to thank also Lydia, who is not here. She was a great blessing to me, and also Bethany. And the music team was fantastic. Let's give God a hand for the music team. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yep, yep. Here's my title. Why Christians Must Pray. Going deeper in radical prayer. Right out the gate. I must say that the reason Christians must pray is because prayer, rather radical biblical prayer, is what Christians do. Take a listen to Jesus' clear and unchanging command in Mark eleven seventeen. Listen to it. Then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you... Us have made it into a den of thieves. 
Prayer is the discipline Christians must practice to activate the power of God the Father as revealed in His Word through His promises in us and through us. Listen, every time we pray, the promises of God and His will as prescribed in His Word, God our Father will come through to hallow His holy name. Hallelujah. The Father, the Father is the one that has done it all and does it all in His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to the agent of transformative, powerful, and lasting change, the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. One God in three persons, creator, sovereign governor of it all, and he's the one that sustains us to the levels of joy. Radical, biblical prayer must become for the Christian much more important than the water that we drink, than the bread that we eat, and the air that we breathe. Here it is, please. Radical biblical prayer is what connects you and keeps you connected to God the Father in Jesus Christ. The exclusive source of abundant life, free in truth, and the clear way to enter into God the Father's permanent joy as it is all revealed, all revealed to us, to the Holy Spirit. The one who supplies unlimited power. Hallelujah. Take a listen, please, to John 15, 4 and 5. This is your, not here, this is just here. Abide in me, Jesus. It's Jesus, he says. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me, Jesus says. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. We are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him or her abides much fruit, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Here is the crux of this message of why Christians must pray. Take a listen. Take a listen. Number one, to give God, this is radical right here, to give God an opportunity to hallow his holy name. Not only for us to hallow his name, but for him to hallow his name. Take a listen. Luke 11, 2. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Look at John 8, 28 and 29. I am he, he says. And that I do nothing of myself, he says. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. Take that in your mind and in your heart. For I always do the things that please him. In other words, I always hallow the name of my Father, he says. You see, beloved, when it comes to hallowing God our Father's holy name, there is no negotiation with God the Father, Isaiah 42.8. Moses had no do-over. Deuteronomy 32.48-52. Then the Lord spoke to Moses on the very same day, saying, Go up this mountain, view the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel as a possession. And then he says, 
and die on the mountain. In other words, God killed Moses. Very healthy man, no cancer, no diabetes. God killed Moses. Why? Because, he says, you, Moses, you people, trespassed against me among the children of Israel because you did not hallow me in the midst of the children of Israel. It took, it took God to allow my wife Barbara to lose three fingers and almost die in a car crash for me to be awakened to that reality. It took me to go to a pastor's conference on prayer. 2,000 pastors, we talked about it, but we never prayed. It took, it took for me to go, finally go out and say, God, I want to listen to you. You see, not only did I become desperate for prayer, I became desperate to listen to God. And he spoke to me and said, because I wanted God to give me a little evaluation of my 20 years of ministry. That's in, this is all in my new book. He gave me an F minus on my evaluation. You, you know why? Because my prayer life stunk. Yes, I was busy. Yes, I was doing ministry. Yes, I was doing great things, I thought. But my prayer life stunk. That just happened four and a half years ago, beloved. I was 87 pounds heavier. My temple also stunk. And I began to pray and walk the moment that God gave me the F minus. He told me, you are not to do it again. And I listened. I took him this time and said, I cannot afford not to hallow the name of my father. Take a listen. Christians are not to do their best or even try when it comes to hallowing of our Father's holy name, but rather Christians are required to hallow God the Father's name. Jesus did exactly what was required of him without complaining or arguing. He pleased the Father How many times do we as Christians bring much shame to the holy name of our Father? Why must Christians pray? Number two, to enjoy God our Father. That's why we pray. We pray because we want to enjoy Him as much as He enjoys you. Remember, He created you. In His image and likeness, He made you because He wants to be with you. He is your good Father. He is your awesome Father. Jesus Christ prayed. Then we must also pray. Hello, John 8, 31, 32 says, If you abide in me, my word, you are my disciples indeed. 
and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. How can we say, I belong to Christ, I belong to the Father, if I don't pray? You see what happened to me, guys? I was treating God like a paramedic. I was treating God like, God, I need you now. Help me now. No. He wants you to be with him at all times. He wants to be in relationship with you, you see. Christians pray to delight themselves in God our Father and to enjoy him forever. That's why we pray. God our Father is our awesome Father. Christians pray to be with his loving and, and holy secure presence to soak in him. To soak in him. His abundant and unlimited radical grace that produces what? Produces in sequence. I'm going to give you a little sequence here. Abundant faith. That leads to living hope. That leads to amazing love. That leads to uncontainable joy. That leads to unfathomed peace. That leads to immense gratitude. We cannot pray to a God that we are not grateful to. If this morning you're angry with God, if you have a beef with God, you must come and repent. Because Christians have no right to be angry with God. Only he has that right. And he has made peace with us in Christ Jesus. Jesus, you know what just happened this morning? Christ took the cup of wrath. So we could this morning take the cup of peace. That's what happened this morning here. Jesus took that, that, that cup of the justifiable wrath of God. God has a beef with us. We have no right to have a beef with God. Is that clear? Why do we pray? Number three, it's in your bulletin, to be changed and to change the world. Awana is about changing the world. 117 countries. Cuba even now. In other words, one place to become like Christ and to be transformed by Christ, not to change things, but to change us. One place radically to fight for our joy and for the joy of others. That's exactly what Christ was doing on the cross. For the joy that was before me, he says, I endure the cross. Hallelujah. So others may be changed, you see. Why do we pray? To fulfill the great commission. In the context of the first and second greatest commandment. Why do we pray? To cultivate a personal, powerful, private life, which I didn't have. Now I have it. But I'm not there yet. I'm walking towards it. That motivates corporate prayer. What do we pray? Here we go. To experience the same exact power from the Holy Spirit Jesus experienced from conception to his ascension. Ah, 
to persevere with joy and to experience resurrecting, transformative progress that will lead us into the sanctification process as we move forward. Listen to what God tells Moses to tell the people when they were complaining again in the 15th chapter of Exodus, actually 14, verse 15, he says, and then he says, speak unto the children, he said, of Israel, that they will move forward. Prayer transform. I'm going to give you now 15 reasons that are compelling of why we must pray because prayer transforms what? Prayer transforms fears into courageous burning love. Number two, anger into unspeakable joy. Number three, doubts into unwavering trust. Four, hopelessness into living hopefulness. Number five, discouragements into consistent encouragement. Number six, insecurities into secure, bold confidence. Number seven, defeats into permanent victory. Number eight, ungratefulness into ongoing gratitude. Number nine, selfishness into radical unselfishness. Number 10, pride. Oh, hello. Pride into deeper humility. For you to pray, you must be humble. Christ became humble. Humility is to a Christian like garlic is to Cuban black beans is the main ingredient. <laughs> okay, Brian? 11. Weakness. I feel weak, but when I pray... I go from weakness into meanness. What does meanness mean? Meanness means power under control. That's what it means. Number 12. Most of you feel tired, don't you? You feel weary, don't you? Here, prayer will transform you from being weary into a refreshing rest. Number 13. It will make the impossible into possible. Could could. Could somebody spell for me the word impossible? Anybody? I am. I am possible. Hello? Number 14, the dead into the living. And number 15, our tears. It's okay to cry. Our tears of sadness into unstoppable dancing. That's true. And I have a biblical text for each one of them, if you want to see them. Number two, on the point number three, uh, we are on number three. Here we are. Uh, Jesus Christ is God, Heather. Thank you. We must pray in Jesus' name because you know why? He's, he, is, he is God. If you notice our title, I put there, Why Must Christians Pray? Only Christians can truly pray who have fully recognized that they are depraved sinners in desperate need of God's super powerful grace to forgive us and to overcome our inherent power of sin at conception and to save us from the justifiable wrath of God that we become declared not guilty when in fact we are guilty and then we're no longer slaves to sin. Now we are free. From the slavery of sin. Number three in this same category, 
why must Christians pray to be changed and to change the world? Let me bring a point in here that most of us sometimes don't even recognize. We always say Christ is Lord. He, of course he's Lord. Christ is Savior. Of course he's Savior. But he's also our older brother. Let's not forget that. The word of God, here you are, the word of God, which is infallible and inerrant, sufficient and reliable, living and powerful, says this. The word of God assures me and you that God our Father is not a respecter of persons. Therefore, God the Father loved Jesus, my older brother, hear me out, as much as he loves me and you. That is mind-boggling. Even in our messes, even when we sin, even when we don't pray, even when we reject him, he loves you. And we pray because we love God. And we pray because we love his creation, especially his paramount creation. Human beings, on the sixth day, he made us. That's powerful, isn't it? And he loves us in the exact same way of intimacy that he loves Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's just amazing. Therefore, the reason I pray is because I want to hear now, not later. You, my daughter, you, my son, he wants to affirm you. He wants to affirm me. He wants to say, I am well pleased with you. I don't want to wait until later and just say, hear these words, come in, my goodness. No, no, no. I want to hear now. I want to hear the same words that Christ heard when he was baptized. This is my beloved son, Brian Rose, in whom I am well pleased. That's what I want to hear now. That's why we pray. Take a listen. Our radical prayers must aim at the very heart of Christ to experience the very exact relationship Jesus Christ enjoys with his Father even now. So why do we pray? Number four. Number four. Point number four. To fulfill the Lord's prayer. That's why we pray. I don't have time to go into depth, but I believe Michael will do this when he comes, I believe next week or the week after, to preach on this. God the Father partners with us through prayer to hallow his name. I don't want to test you, but there are six petitions in the Lord's prayer. Uh, could you go back to the, to the back slide? Yeah. This is key right here. The last five petitions serve the first one. Most of us that like structure, the way that we look at it, if we can figure that there are six petitions, if we can figure it out, 
Because we've been taught that the first one, hallowed be thy name, is not a petition, but it is a petition. Most of us have always been taught that it is, it is just an acclamation, which could be, but, that, but it is not. It is a petition. Therefore, hallowing thy name is the priority of our prayers. And the bottom five will serve the one on top. So here we are. Number one, and the main one is, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Number two, your kingdom come. Number three, you, you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Number four, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but lead us from evil. Leave it right there. Let me take two minutes here. Look at me, please. This is critical right here. When you and I pray, we better ask God in every prayer that we have, even when we are in distress, even when we want a, a food, or we cannot forgive somebody, or we're struggling with addictions. We need to pray that our prayers, anything you pray, will go to the number one on top, which is to hallow God. In other words, let your kingdom come now so your name will be hallowed. Number three, that you will be done on earth so you will so you so your name will be hollow give me some food i need to eat so i can have strength so your name will be hollow i thank you for forgiving me but i have trouble forgiving my enemies well you must because to be a christian is to be forgiven god give me the grace to forgive my enemies because i want to have you. you see it's no longer your priorities it's no longer your agenda now it's the agenda of the father and the agenda of the father is that you will hallow his name through prayer so you will be changed and how can I be praying if I'm involved in pornography? How can I be praying if I'm doing cocaine? How can I be praying if I'm doing marijuana? How can I be praying if I don't forgive my neighbor? That's evil. Therefore, I cannot pray. And if I cannot pray, I cannot hallow his name. And the reason that we pray is to hallow his name. But better yet, the reason that we pray this is the main point in my book that I just wrote, is that his name will be hollow. Let me tell you two quick stories, and I'm going to end. Could you put my book up there? That's my new book. Thank you, Moody Borges. As a matter of fact, uh, we have somebody here from Moody to make sure that I'm talking about the book. No. <laughs> they, are, they, are, they are right here from Moody Publishers. Checking me out today. They're going to report back tomorrow to Moody. How did he do? How did he do on the book? <laughs> Let me end with these guys. And then, and then the music team. By the way, what a great music team. Huh? Let's give God a hand for the musical team. Amen. <laughs> if you read my book that is out there, I was a chief of sinners. But somebody was praying for me, you see. Somebody was also praying for the Apostle Paul. Think about that. The enemy of the church. 
The people that, 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 that he was afraid of Paul, of Saul, but somebody had the vision to hallow the name of God in such a way that they began to pray for Saul, who became Paul, and he became a Christian. Hallelujah for Paul. I was worse than Paul. I was evil. I'm still evil. I'm in the sanctification process here. Let's see. I have five kids from three different females. You're going to meet my wife in the second service. She's a saint. She's Barbara. Right, Brian? She's a saint. I have a daughter. Her name is Sasha. That found me 13 years ago. To make a long story short, the last four and a half years since I discovered this powerful way of praying, I began to pray for her. And she was as far from God as you can be. But prayer that is persistent, hear me out. Prayer that does not relent. Prayer that asks and seeks and acts. Prayer that is bold. Prayer that prays with confidence. Prayer that prays the word of God and fuels those prayers with God's word. God will listen to those prayers and he will answer them. This past March, Sasha became a Christian. Hallelujah. And Sasha was baptized. And Sasha came to see us in Wheaton, and we got our first family reunion together. Shelby, the most brilliant man in Angola prison. Not a Christian for 30 years. He was a former lifer. He was a right-hand guy of the warden, warden Kane. He worked in the machine shop, never came to the ranch house. That's where we meet there. But finally, he made my boys. A little bit breakthrough. We helped him get out. Now he's out. Now he's a Christian. I was just with him, with my wife, with my two boys. We slept in his house. He's now professing Christ. So why do we pray? We pray because we have no other option. We pray because we love our Father. We pray because we want to move from the life that we're living now to the abundant life that Christ is promising. What does life mean? Living in freedom every day. And many of us as Christians, we feel trapped. Why do we pray? Look at this last verse. This is a promise. It's one of 7,000 promises. This is what I'm praying. I hope that you will pray in this too. But verse 14 is not here. Verse 14 says that God is jealous. His name is jealous. And that he will not tolerate us. Not hallowing his name. In other words, I pray that if this sermon doesn't do nothing else for you, 
that the Holy Spirit will remind you that you and I cannot take God's character for granted anymore. If Moses did not have a do-over, how about us? How about us? Behold, I make a covenant, God says, before all you people, I will do marvels such as you have not done in all the earth. Village church, be prepared for the marvels that God will do through your prayers. Here. Right here. He's not done yet. Nor in any nation and all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord. And look at this last part. For it is an awesome thing that I would do not for you, no, not for you, but with you in Kinonia. God desires for you and I to pray because he's desperate to have a relationship with you through biblical radical prayer. Don't you see it? Don't you see it? Why are you going like this? Why are you going to the mud pies? See, as Lewis says, when there's a holiday in the beach for you to enjoy. Let me pray. Thank you, Father, for this. Great people here at this church. I pray that this promise that I just read will be one that will be true here at Village Church because you're going to ignite a burning desire, an uncontrollable desire to relate to you, Father, in such a way that the people at Village Church will catch the vision for prayer, to catch the vision of glory, that they will hallow your name in such a way that you will be joyful, that the prayer that they pray will be pleasing to your nostrils, Father God. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you awaken this church to pray individually and also corporately for the hallowing of your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.